two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Ace. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Ace and Kate will break it down for you now. And what? And a two, and a one, two, three, four. Sisters, sisters, there were never such demoted sisters. You actually know words. I know it's up. I you notice you stopped at that point, and that's the point where I don't know them. I was about uh, to go into my. This is this is the time of the year when you should know that yeah, song. Yeah, I don't. I know parts of it. I know. I'm going to keep my eyes on her uh-huh. and Caring. God help Sharing. the sister who, God help the mister who comes between me and my sister and Lord help the sister who comes between me and my man. who claimed that anything that wasn't funny was Danny Kay funny. So, I know, super mean to Danny Kay. One of the best guests on The Muppet Show of all time. Hmm. Fight me, people. Fight me. (laughs) It's true. Anyway. Anyway, on this show, what do we do? We sing songs from White Christmas? No, we do, but we don't. (laughs) So what do we do? We forget songs from White Christmas? Also true. (laughs) Also not the point. Oh, right. We discuss uh, children's picture books. That's true. And whether we think they should be classics mm-hmm. and rate them a 10, yes. which we've never done, no. or think that they're There's, crap. There is no 10. Apparently. I think yeah. the closest we've done is a 9. Yeah. Or we give them a 1 or a 2 and we say, this is not a classic, mm-hmm. you should not mm-hmm. put this on your bookshelf, Correct. forget it ever existed. It's absolutely true. All that you say is true. And so you know how we just began this with the whole Christmassy thing, with yeah. like that white Christmas and all that delightfulness? I want you to now take the image of Christmas and I want you to expunge it from your brain entirely. Aww. Because this episode drops on Christmas Eve. Who's going to be listening on Christmas Eve? No one's going to listen. And so they're not going to listen on what Christmas you, Day. What are you talking about? There's yeah. plenty of people who are going to be traveling. They're going to be I like guess. in cars or on I don't know, man. And... I decided to hedge my bets. I, I decided to hedge my bets. I felt there'd be a lot of people who would not be listening on Christmas and therefore would not want to hear us cover a Christmas book. I'm opening it up. So we so only did one Christmas book? We did the most important Christmas book, <laughs> and I think that counts for like three weeks right there. Wow, Betsy. It totally does. Okay, if anyone wants to complain, you can write to fuseatkate at gmail.com. You should, just, like, you should make the subject, Fuseate hates Christmas! <laughs> Fuseate's war on Christmas! Or Betsy Bird. Well, it kind of means exactly if we did one Hanukkah book, one Christmas yeah, book. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. That is fair. Now, where's the Kwanzaa book? There is no such thing as a classic Kwanzaa book, because no? they... Re- no, they're all instructional. Well, now, once in a while, you'll get a semi-story, but n- not really. Kwanzaa? Not well represented. Okay, well then the Scientology book. Yeah, that's fine. We can do okay. that. Yeah, okay. all right. All right. We're all clear. 
So, not doing a Christmas book. Let's see what book I did choose for us to do. Okay, I, I've seen this title, and yes. I don't know if you call it Knuckle Bunny or Knuckle Bunny. That is incredibly insightful of you. Most people would not know that there was a difference in the pronunciation. In fact, you are correct. It is Knuckle Bunny. It's Dutch. It's Dutch? Yeah, well, it, it's from the land of Dutch people. The, the, the bunny is. Oh. So, the, so the word knuffle comes from the Dutch. Uh, and it is pronounced knuffle. Though I'm sure many people listening to this are now like, what? Again, why does Mo Williams have a sticker thing? He always get, well, he used to, I'm sorry. I say he always, I'm sorry, he used to get the stickers. In the beginning of his career, he got a lot of stickers. And not See, so much he did that. He did that pigeon book that had a sticker. It did. And I did not think it deserved a sticker. Well, and here's the question. Are you going to feel that this one deserves a sticker? You looking already at, are being at the cover. skeptical. Yeah. I can see. Because I can see the cover. But this is not the does the book deserve the Caldecott podcast. This is the, is this a classic I'm already book. angry. You Oh, good. <laughs> Anger makes for good podcast. <laughs> Go. Read. Feed the fire. I feel like like the emperor in Star Wars. Like, let the hate feed through you. <laughs> While Kate's doing her read, let's get a little background information on old Knuffle Bunny Bunny Bunny. Uh, so yes, so Knuffle Bunny has a very fine distinction. It is the first Caldecott honor winner to contain photography in any way, shape, or form. Mo Willems, who created the book, was asked why he made such a quote-unquote bold choice. Uh, the fact of the matter, though, is that he pretty much saw it as a time-saver. Uh, of course, once he got into it, he didn't realize the amount of soul-sucking hours it would take to resize his own character so that it would be proportional within each of these photographic environments. But as it happens, the result is that he managed to create one of the only, perhaps the only, Caldecott honor winner to incorporate photography in some way with its images. Because as we all know, Caldecott committees, they hates them some photography. So hey, how'd that book there that go? Hmm? So I was really confused because I oh. looked at the cover mm -hmm. and I see this hand patting the head of this kid. Oh yeah, I've and never I'm... seen that before. Seriously? I was confused because huh. the hand was a different skin tone than the kid's face. Uh -huh. So I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be a story about, like, um, you know, adoption and the bunny is there to, like, help the kid through or something. Like, nope. It really the is. The dad just went for a tan. No. Yeah. It's just on the front. Oh, that's true. And the back. Oh, that's weird. Only on the front and the that's back. That's really weird. Is the dad a different skin Yeah, because the dad is Mo Willem, so essentially. This huh. is a true story, so. Is Mo a redhead? No, he's not. Huh. And I don't know why he's pictured. And he's not in the other. And, and the book. mom is like the same skin tone as she is in the book. Yeah, but, but the, the dad, dad is, changed. He's darker on the front and the back of the book. I almost wonder if this was like a choice that they made at one point and then later they were like, yeah, no, 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 no. And then they changed the interior back or if they forgot, they couldn't have forgotten the cover. It's a freaking cover. That is and, really weird. And, and I've and never seen that before. There you go. There you go. I'm here to bring new I things to see, light. see, this is why we do the show. You have fresh eyes. Fresh <laughs> eyes. Oh, we'll get to eyes in a second. Oh, wait, what? Hmm. I have 
I have a qualm about that. So I okay. like the use of throughout the book, there's photography that he has drawn over. Yeah. With the with his own illustrations. Yeah. Of a mom, a dad, and a baby. Mm-hmm. And then once in a while there'll be another character that like walks through the scene. But I really like the use of like actual New York city photography mixed in with his drawings. I think yeah. that's a cool mix of yeah. art. Yeah, and I think that apartment was his apartment at the time in Brooklyn. Oh. And this was the route to their laundromat. And so, yeah, it's all pretty accurate. Yeah, so the story is this father and little girl. I, I mean, she's, I'd probably say she's about, like, two. Yeah, she's two. Yes, yes, actually, she would be Cindy Lou Who's age about. There you go. Yeah, and with, however, far less verbal skills than Cindy Lou Who, <laughs> right. who was able to conduct full sentences with Mr. Grinch right. and question his actions... <laughs> And interrogate him. Well, this little girl... This is a little more accurate. Yeah. This little girl is named Trixie. Trixie. And uh, Dad and Trixie go to the laundromat. They walk down the street, through a park, past a school, and get to the laundromat. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it's it's cute. You know, Trixie's, like, putting on her, her parents' clothes in the laundromat. And they see Trixie, like like, waving around this white bra. And I'm like... Does Dad know how to properly wash bras? No. Is he just going to, like, throw it in? Yeah. With, like, the darks and the reds and then just throw it in the dryer? Like, Well, due to the fact that he is using one washing machine for all... He doesn't separate the whites and the dark, lights and the darks at all. He he puts them all in the same washing machine. Yeah. Quite notably. Now, maybe he's using, like, the detergent that's okay for, like... (laughs) This is getting way too critical. Wait, but is it? I was just looking at the bra, and I was like, I bet he does not know how to properly wash it's a bra. It's a really white bra. Yeah. It is maybe the whitest bra I've ever seen, which indicates to me that it's brand new. So, so Otherwise, Daddy here would be making it dull with every subsequent washing. So, so Trixie puts in, helps put in the money in the machine, mm-hmm. and then they leave. And about a block or so later, Trixie realizes something. Yes. And I know what Trixie realizes even before I have to flip the page. Oh, what did what she realize? Mom doesn't have whites in her eyes. <laughs> Wait, what? And it's Mom the... doesn't have any whites in her eyes? No, it's the... Wait, what color are her eyes? Oh, Mom's dots. Mom just has, like, huh. Coraline dots. And it's the scariest thing. They're not Coraline. They're, Ada, they're um, little orphan... Well, they're not Orphan Annie because Orphan Annie would be white. Uh... They're Mickey Mouse before the changeover. No, but those were like Pac-Man eyes. Uh, Aren't they like Coraline's mom or something? They're buttons. Well, yeah, you could, I mean... But yeah, there are black dots. They are... All her expressions come from her eyebrows. Whereas Dad, because... Daddy would be the same way, but he wears glasses, so over his dots. Right. Give him... Pupils in the same way that Dr. Bunsen Honeydew had eyes, but he didn't. It was just glasses. But the baby, or the Trixie... Well, she hasn't gotten old enough to lose her pupils yet. what or wait her whites the, the whites of her eyes are still intact yes. when she gets older she'll lose them no but she doesn't though because we see her not in this book but there are three of the books in the series i should say oh. we see her as an adult at the end of the third one i think she still has whites so she got it from her dad yeah she got it from her dad yeah it's genetic yeah this is this is genetics we're talking about this is, that's, that's i just clear. think that's what she realized oh no 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 she, no, no, no. she uh she turns her dad and says i go flag go, go, go. yep yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. 
and her and that's apparently not helping because uh, no. she can't speak uh, the English very well. She can't at all. She, she tries again. Agle, blago, blago. She could not be more yeah. clear to herself. And she tries again. Blago, blago. Wobbly floppy. Snurp. Snurp. I love snurp. I do like snurp the snurp best. Snurp is so true. <laughs> snurp. She hasn't given up yet. It's pretty but cute. But snurp is definitely the moment where she's beginning to realize... We're this ta- man is not going to help yeah, me. We're talking two different languages. Yeah. He's not understanding me. I'm not understanding him. This is not... Really, when it comes down to it, this is the moment, this is a key moment in any child's life when she realizes that her father does not know everything. And in fact, is about to betray her <laughs> by not knowing what I mean, she he, needs. He does try. I mean, he does look at her he like... He makes a what could mild she effort. Yeah, he's not that concerned. He's sort of like, she seems to be somewhat upset about something. And when she realizes that her fake words are doing nothing, <laughs> she... she... That's a, that would be a good... And when Trixie realized her fake words were doing nothing, <laughs> which would be she a good line. She decided to scream, and she... I call it playing dead when you uh, pretend like you don't have bones in your yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, but I do like boneless, because that is what it is. It's the dead man's fall, yeah. and it is super hard to pick up. Uh, a, I know a sack from, of meat. Essentially. It's like a sack of meat, a sack of <laughs> screaming, so crying, sometimes flailing meat. She's there's the flailing. There's the flailing all throughout New York. Yeah, eventually well, gets home. You count that as New. Sorry, Brooklyn. I love you. I love you, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Anyway, go on. So we get home, and. No white eye mom <laughs> looks at dad and goes, "Where's, where's the bunny?" Yeah, and you can tell that Trixie is like, she gets it. Yeah, she's she got her. Did she have her arms crossed? She might no. as well. She I doesn't know. quite because she can't. Or she the way she's being held, but she might as well. And I like these jagged, the green like lightning the, bolts. The green lightning bolts, which have torn. There are pictures, parts of the photo that have been yeah. torn out and are falling out. In his realization of his failure. The lightning bolts are surrounding dead and his and he's gone, oh. Yeah, his failure, not just no. as a parent, but as a man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a slow so, motion. Oh, no. Fudge. Only oh, he didn't say fudge. Only he didn't say fudge. <laughs> so, this is a Christmas episode. So, they, the entire, why does the mom... Come with the dad and Trixie. Because she dad. doesn't trust him. He clearly didn't notice the first like, time. The woman just wanted ten minutes. Yeah, I know. To herself. Yeah. Maybe she just wanted to take a shower and not be interrupted. I know. And did she get that? Yeah. No. Also, why did he come back home when a load of laundry really only takes like a half hour, uh, 45 minutes? Uh, maybe. No, but maybe he wanted to drop the kid off and go back and then put it in the dryer and drop and then go back. I mean, they don't seem to live that far. Right. Well, yeah. Who wants to hang out in a laundromat with a small child for a long time? Uh. Maybe think about the mom, Betsy. I know, I Get know, I know. Peace. They should have gone to the... Well, he probably he intended to go to the playground, but then there was this freak out on Trixie's part. And he's like, let's just go home. Mm. Let's just get the kid home. Well... They run. But they, they all book it. They so the entire family runs down the block mm-hmm. through the park with this. I do not like this marketing. Marketing. Oh, you've never seen this before. No. Every single solitary book illustrated by Mo Willems has a hidden pigeon. 
It ain't hidden. It's right there. No, I know. That one's one of the more obvious ones. Yeah. yeah I don't... I this don't, was probably the first like this, time like, he did it outside like of the fan Internal books. marketing, like... Yeah, he's an internal marketer. I don't like this. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, man. Because it's like in this. every... Even it's the like Elf and the Piggy a, books got At least him, yeah. it'd be a little more subtle, like in Runaway Bunny, where there was, like... Her... On the wall? Yeah. Well, sometimes it is more subtle. That's that's one of... I think it was the first time he'd ever done it. So he was being all like, Look, it's the page! But then after that... So here's the thing. I give this book to my niece when she's, like, quite small. I didn't give her the pigeon. I gave her Knuffle Bunny because it was signed by the actual Trixie. Fun story. Anyway, I gave her the book, and then I gave her, like, I guess other Knuffle Bookie Bunny books or other Mo Wilms books, and eventually she says to her dad, who's this pigeon that keeps showing up in these books? She had never read one of the pigeon books, but she noticed him in all these books. So that happens. Well, it works, I guess. Yeah, it does so. work, yeah, because then so eventually then, you read the book. So yeah. then the parents have to go get the pigeon book. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's why we have libraries, so you don't have to spend money. Yeah. Did you know? Mm-hmm. You know how, like, Christmas stories uh, back in the day used to involve, like, ghosts and they were scary? And yes, stuff? yes. This book has a ghost. What? Where? This is the ghost grandmother. Oh, you think she's a ghost? Why do you think she's a ghost? First of all, she's in black and white. She's, she's well, gray. Yeah. Yeah. And her skin tone is... Almost translucent, if you will. It is much paler than that of the family's, yes. No one notices her. Nope. She's just going along I don't know as much way. of anything, but yeah. I think she's a ghost. I would, you know what, the only reason I'd agree with you is that um, the way that she is placed on the pavement, it looks like she's floating. Mm, there it looks like there's like a little not, bit. Yeah. A little bit, little bit of uh, space there. A little bit. <laughs> but ghost grandma... Clearly has other things besides this family on her mind. She's she's like, I got a place to be. Maybe she's going to go visit, like, her grandchild. Yeah. Or maybe. And you read him a story. Maybe. Oh, what if, like, that is her grandchild that they're, like, you know, that's running past her. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe those are, maybe, maybe that's, Maybe that's like, the mom's mom. Yeah. Yeah. We've right? never We never get to see that grandmother. <gasps> That's a really weird theory, Kate. Thank you. I, it, it's, that's right up there with your other weird theories, I gotta say. <laughs> I like the it. The Ghost of Knuffle Bunny, which would be an awesome title. So they get to the laundromat. They do. And he wastes probably a good dollar fifty. Oh, he does, yeah. He because definitely he does. Throws, In quarters, my friend. In yeah. quarters. He throws yeah, all because the he just laundry. Takes it I mean, I assume you would close it up and it would start up again if it was not at the end of its cycle. But no, it's like... All the clothes are now I on the know, floor. I know, I so know. You've got to rewash them now. Yeah, you do. Including that, that bright white bra. It's that, still kind of white yeah. for now. <laughs> Paling up. I'm, but I just looked at this. Being someone who has been to a laundromat multiple times, I'm yeah. like, I mean, I put in quarters for my laundry right now, and I'm like, dude, that's a giant washer. You probably spent like $1.50 on that. Easy. Easy. And I mean, this one, this book came out in 2004, so we're talking 14 years ago. Yeah, but even then, I think a like dollar, dollar fifty is about. Yeah, yeah, I think that sounds right, even with New York prices. So he like he's like taking everything out of the washer. He keeps. You can't take it all out though. Well, he he took some of it out. Yeah. Then he saw Trixie's like puppy dog eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decided to. Uh, Try a little harder. He rolls up his sleeves. You know Pass he's dedicated. Pass the elbow. Pass well, the elbow. Well, they were at the elbow before. Yeah, and that's now true. now he's moved the... Now he's the, getting a little bicep in there. Yeah, and yeah. now he takes the boxers out. Yeah. That's it. And there... That you know he's committed There now. he finds the bunny. Here's what disturbs me. Wouldn't that bunny be wet? Yeah. 
like soaking, disgusting wet. Yeah, there's like a puddle underneath. Right. There's water. But what's on the, the next thing she does after she? So she says, "Turn off full body." Yay! And those are her first words that she right. ever said. And then she's like, and then she hugs the bunny. The sopping, soaking. She doesn't care. Yeah, but you know what? They did that. Bunny should go in the dryer. Does the bunny go in the dryer? We well, well probably. Actually, because... it might because now when we see them, yeah, you're right. Actually, they may put it in the dryer because there's all the clothes from the dryer later. Which for some reason, I guess they all decided to hang out in the laundromat, as per your suggestion. But you know what's what's kind of cool? What's it? So the bunny's eyes, you know, they're they're open. Yeah, the they entire are. time except for on the last page. Wait, what? When they're closed. on the back of the book? Yeah, on the back of the book, the eyes are closed. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is huge, and here's why. Kniffle Bunny's expressions don't change. And I mean don't, like, at any point. Kniffle Bunny is not an anthropomorphized uh, stuffed animal. There is no point in the book that the bunny ever shows any expression at all. Relief, sadness, happiness, nothing. And that's a choice on Moe's part. Uh, if you had told me that there is this moment of the closed... Knuffle bunny eyes. I would have called you a lying liar, madam. A lying, lying liar. Because Knuffle bunny does dance and sing in an elephant and piggy book, but that's a dream sequence. So that's insane. I have never seen that. Also, the mother looks like she hasn't slept in about two years. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. I can I can relate to that. Yeah. Poor woman. She probably goes to bed early and then gets woken up at like, I don't know, seven in the morning by children who would normally sleep in, except it's the weekend. So for some reason, they're waking her up early. And I can't relate to this on a personal level at Apparently, all. Geez. So uh, there's three of these books. Knuffle uh, Bunny 1, Knuffle Bunny 2, and Knuffle Bunny 3. Um, free? Free. F-R-E-E? That's correct, yeah. It's free? It's, it is it is free by the end of the book, yes. Oh, it's free from the kid? Yes. It's like... I'm not going to give away the plot. We oh. might read it someday. Oh. So anyway, but um, they're based on true stories of the actual Trixie, who is the daughter of Mo Willems uh, and his lovely wife. And she provides the voice of Trixie on the Weston Woods uh, video of this book. Wait, Trixie provides Trixie voice? Yes, Trixie does Trixie. And uh, Trixie is now, I think she might be out of college by now, wow. I think. I mean, this was 14 years ago when the book published. She wasn't that young when the book published. She was at least five, I think, when it published. So what, five plus 14, 19. She could be 19, 19, 20, somewhere in there. So she's like a sophomore or junior in college. So Okay, so she's a sophomore or junior in college. She's in college in some way, I believe. And she, I heard her, she did a um, voiceover on some Mo Willems uh, video recently. And it's like, you know how Judy Garland had a super adult voice at a young age? Mm -hmm. That's Trixie. She has like this low Lauren Bacall kind of voice. And then, and, and, and she, you hear it and then they, oh, I'm Trixie. And you're like, Wah! I'm a million years old. Trixie's a little child. No, not true. Came in number seven on the top 100 picture books poll. That's really high. It's super high. And I do wonder, if we conducted this poll today, would it hit number seven? I'm telling you, we're doing it. We are going to do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We are going to do it. Yeah. Yes. The minute we finish all the classic children's books, we will definitely do it. No, no. <laughs> Maybe before... 
Oh, you want to hear how, how this how the book began? Here's here's the story. Uh, Alexander Balzer of Balzer and Bray, which is an imprint with HarperCollins, was in the office with Mo and his art director as he vaguely told a story about his daughter. I like that the thing I'm getting this from was clearly he was vague when he told this story. Alessandra insisted that he turn the story into a book, so he went home to try. He had done a comic about his family for a DC Comics anthology, but, as he says in Leonard Marcus's book, Show Me a Story, Why Picture Books Matter, the characters weren't popping, and I couldn't get it to work. Then one of my drawings accidentally fell on top of one of the photographs on my light box, and I suddenly had the idea to combine the two. And that's why he used photographs uh, with the art. Mm -hmm. And he says he believes that by combining the photos with the art, um, the arts, it's, they're purer than more realistic drawings of the character would have been because their design focuses on their emotional side. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah, I'm glad he did the photographs. I, if it was all drawings, I wouldn't have liked it. I don't think it would much. be... No, I know he had difficulty because he didn't want to have any people in the shots. There's no humans... In, the, in any of these shots. Right. And Brooklyn is a little busy. Uh, and he wanted to shoot these pictures during the day. And it is hard to find photos during the day with no people. So I think he had to Photoshop... What was it? He had to Photoshop all the people. He didn't want any driving cars. Well, I imagine always... the laundromat would probably have been the hardest. The laundromat definitely would have been the hardest, um, yeah. Or the park, because... The park would have been hard, Yeah. yeah. And I can't remember, there was something about the cars that he had to correct, and I can't remember what that was. But, oh, no, no, I'm getting confused with the second book. In the second book, he shot at night, and he didn't want any cars driving on the streets. Um, so he shot at, like, three in the morning. So his other books do the same thing, photography plus drawings? Yeah, every single one of them does the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Only with this series, though. He never tried it with another one of his other books, because he's done many, many, many books. Yeah. Yeah. Pigeons and bunnies. Pigeons and bunnies. Knuffle bunnies. I mean... And pigs and, and elephants, of course. That, sure. That's for another day. Okay. Okay. I won't give it away. Rating time. You go first. Uh, Knuffle bunny. Well, I really like it, quite frankly. I'm gonna go out of limb and just say it. I really like Knuffle bunny. I like the simple art against the complex photographic backgrounds. I like the story. It reads aloud super well to a large group. It reads aloud well to one child. Uh, it's funny, which I give extra points for. Uh, I'm going to give it an, a rather high, but I'm actually going to give it an 8. Wow. I know. That is high. It is super high, but I really like this book. Well, I don't like it as much as you. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to. Um, so I gave the pigeon book, I think, like a two. Yeah, that's I fine. really did not. And I wasn't going to fight you on I was very angry yeah. about the pigeon book. Yeah, I was fine with that. But this one I'm giving a four. Okay, that's kind of low, but all right. Um, well, I feel like it's something that, like, kids and parents can relate to. Mm -hmm. I like the mixed art, and I like the ghost. Uh-huh, okay, that's weird. That's a weird <laughs> thing to bring up, but all right. But I don't really... Maybe it's because I'm not a parent, mm. and I haven't experienced what it's like to have a kid who's, like, crying in the street, who has a stuffed animal, who's... Nonverbal. Yeah. I, uh -huh. I mean, this is coming from someone without kids. So sure, yeah. I don't really experience or relate to this very well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm not as enthralled with it. So you it. don't identify with Trixie 
Because you are verbal. I am. Yeah. No I don't relate ever... to anyone in this book. Yeah. Maybe like the runner on the street who's like, who's that crying baby? Okay. Well, that, that story yeah. checks out. Yes, that would be you. Yeah. In this, in this, if this were real life and you were a character in this book, that would be your character. Yeah, considering I've been on a lot of planes lately with a lot of crying babies. Okay. I'm getting I'm to like, see where this is coming from. I'm getting like, a little, yeah. little insight into this one. Yeah. But I can appreciate like, I like this art much better than the pigeon art. Yeah. And I like uh, the, what was that word? The, uh... Snurp? Snurp, yeah. <laughs> I, I can always be called upon to remember a snurp. Yeah, that's cute. It is cute. So... And it's funny. And it's good. Yeah. It's an original story that you haven't seen done anywhere else before. Well, I haven't seen a lot done, That's so. true. <laughs> All right, it's an so, original story that I haven't seen anywhere else So at else least with anymore. my four and your eight... It's a classic! It's a classic. Yay! Yeah. All right. Well, that's fine. I was the pigeon a classic? I can't remember. No, it wasn't a classic because I did two and you did like six, so yeah. it was like a four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's almost the opposite. Or, or no, it, it's not the opposite. It's if you picked up our scores and you just moved them over a little bit yeah. and upped yours a little and upped mine a little. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the same. Yeah. We seem to have this distance between us that does not. Yeah, Mo divides us. Oh, but I will find a Mo you like. I don't know. I shall, my friend. I have I have a little inkling as to what it could be. Does it involve a pigeon finally driving a bus? Because um, that would be okay with me. Moving on. Letters time. <laughs> letters time. Letters, letters, letters. And, oh my, what's this? Is is this an actual letter? Whoa. A letter that I received in the mail, which I am handing a to you now. A letter? Now look who it's addressed to. It's addressed to you. It came to my home because the letter writer did not know your address and had to send it to me. So you get a letter. Okay, I'm going to open it. Okay. What? got to read what it says. Dear Kate, a lovely library ladder for you. All the best, Andrea. So this is from Andrea Sarumi. Uh, who has who drew the picture of the two of us that appears yeah. on our Instagram and our, our other things. And uh, she always she always loved that ladder that Belle has in Beauty and the Beast. You uh -huh. know, where she's in the little library and she's got that ladder. And so she always wanted, so she made her own. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, I'll put a, I'll put a picture up, folks, so you can you can see I'm it gonna yourself. Put, I'm going to take a picture of this on my bookshelf. Yes, you should. You and should we'll, take a picture of it on your bookshelf. And we'll put that on Instagram. Excellent. Okay, you do it then. Thanks, Andrew. Let's work for me. This yes. is awesome. I love gifts. Yeah, gifts great. Kate really appreciates them, folks. Send her more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I, I made a mistake with, uh, with our Grinch Instagram account because... Remember how we were looking at those two pages and they were completely identical? Yeah. Yeah, and then I thought uh, that there was a guy who appeared in one and he didn't appear in the other. Yeah. And then people wrote in and they were like, he's totally in the gutter, man. And and he was. I just checked him just now. Yeah, so that was embarrassing. <laughs> but people had some interesting theories because it looked like... Wait, do you mean by in the gutter meaning he was in the spine? Like Yeah, between... that's called the gutter. Oh, I... I'm sorry. Technical talk. I'm like, was his... Like saying, was he doing something dirty? Like what? <laughs> well, I liked the back and forth that the that the readers came up with. So, uh, we have these two pictures and how the Grinch stole Christmas, and they're of the Who's singing, and they're completely identical. But I thought there was a Who who might be in one who wasn't in the other, and Animal Animalopia, 
uh, I'm going to pronounce it that way, said maybe he was setting the timer on the camera in the first spread and then he ran to get into the picture himself. I'm like, that is a good theory. Uh, Author-illustrator Steve Light said, oh, he is the strange uncle who was not at Christmas last year. He was on a trip rehab. He is now going to start his own artisanal cheese company. And then Sarah Brandon pointed out he's probably lost in the gutter, which was right. Though, Timothy Younger pointed out that being lost in the gutter usually leads to rehab. So there you go. It's, it's all... I see a theme connected. here. Exactly. Then there was a big debate about the Grinch's Wait, shoes. can you imagine what, like, who rehab would be like? Who rehab would be a lot of singing. Oh my gosh. It'd, it'd be, be so much singing. You'd be desperate to get out just to get away from the just singing. Just imagine the who, like, on a couch going, The floozles, the floozles, and the bluesles, and the cloozles, oh my! <laughs> Take two of these, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Man. I mean, you know someone's done it. Some of you just search the internet. All right, so now we have to get to the debate about the Grinch's shoes or lack thereof. Right. So Steve Light pointed out that in the Chuck Jones cartoon, it's quite clear that the shoes are made out of fur that matches his fur. To which a horrified Timothy Younger responded that this would mean that he made the shoes from the skin of another Grinch. That's disgusting. He really is evil. That's it. Oh my god. So he's wearing Wait, so that's Grinch a, fur. So shoes. that means that a Grinch is like that it's a species? It's like a, a yeah. race. To the best of my knowledge, this is not the Oscar the Grouch situation where grouches are clearly not monsters. Clearly. Uh, um we're uncertain if the Grinch is just some weird who aberration or if he is his own species of Grinch. And if so, is he? Is it normal to have a Grinch near? So did he kill who's? like the last Grinch? He maybe. This is like the Highlander of Grinches. <laughs> there could be only one, and I will take your skin and turn it into my shoes. That's gross. Which are too tight. So right. there you go. So it's kind of you know it evens out. That's karma. That's gross. Yeah, it's so gross. Grown up things we like. Ah uh, yes. Uh, who wants to be in? Uh, I'll go first. Okay, go first. So I did something very Christmassy. Ooh, what'd you do? I saw Aquaman. Ooh, why'd you do that? Um, Were you bored? Because I got a free ticket. And not, not a good enough reason. Keep going. And I love, I love Jason Momoa. Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. L-U-R-V-E, love. Do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Okay. No. That's I, why. <laughs> I only know him as Aquaman. Wait, you had seen Justice League? I saw it on a plane. Ah, okay. That's that's a fine thing. But yeah, that's fair. Jason Momoa is just a species to be reckoned with. Like he is just he he's an animal. He's well, a, wouldn't you agree? He's wasted on Aquaman. No, no. Here's okay. the thing. All right. With Aquaman, it's very visually beautiful. Mm -hmm. It has great actors. I mean, mm -hmm. it's got Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe. Um, Patrick Wilson, who I first saw in, um... Oh, Angels in America. Yeah. Yeah. And he plays, um, the, the villain in this movie. So and not a Mormon. Not a Mormon. Okay. No. Uh, and it's, it's visually beautiful. I like the plot because I think it follows the comics. The, the downfall of the movie is the writing. Hmm. It is horrific. So, like, Justice League then? <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, if you're the same person who wrote both... I mean, I also didn't like the writing in um, Suicide Squad. So I don't know if it's like yeah. a DC thing, that yeah. just the writing is crap. I think that is a DC thing. Just, I, I mean, the first thing that comes out of Aquaman's mouth, I was like, 
<laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, the trailers weren't selling it for me. And because of the writing. Yeah. But but the actors do the best they can. Yeah. And there's definitely speeches that I'm like, eh, that should go. But there is, like, humorous parts. And okay. it is visually stunning. And Jason Momoa is just... I mean, he did a haka at the premiere. Mm-hmm. Who does a haka at the premiere? Jason Momoa does, because he can. And he got his kids to do it. And he's... Oh, it was a... Uh, anyway... I love him. He's okay. great. Okay. Movie looks cool. Just don't listen to what they're saying. Okay. And you'll be fine. Bring your headphones in and enjoy the show, people. Yep. All right. Sounds plain worthy. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Uh, so I saw a grown-up thing. I saw the TV show Maniac. Uh, have you heard about Maniac? No. Maniac is a... Uh, it's weird. It's really weird. It's sort of set in an alternate... America, where it's kind of really 80s, but also really futuristic. Jonah Hill is in it with Emma Stone. Uh, They are both on this trial for this psychiatric drug, but it's really hard to follow. So that's not my my grown-up thing. My (laughs) grown-up thing is the golden age of... This is what I'm loving. I'm loving the golden age of children's shows right now. Because kids... Kids these days, they got it good. Their clothes are better than our clothes were when we were growing up. And their television shows are better than, for example, She-Ra. She-Ra's back, baby. But not just any old She-Ra. I know. I was like, oh great, She-Ra. No, no, no. She-Ra is freaking amazing. Oh my gosh, your eyes just crossed when you did that. I know. So... (laughs) The head writer of the She-Ra show is Noelle Stevenson, who is really well known for these amazing YA graphic novels, uh, The Lumberjanes. She's the head writer. Her entire staff is female. So the whole writing staff of She-Ra is female. And it is the gayest thing outside of Steven Universe I have ever seen in my life. It is crazy. She-Ra and Catra have this whole relationship there was a princess prom, which Catra, like, broke into in her tuxedo. And, okay, it's crazy. Uh, and there also seemed to be following this trend where all these kids' shows have decided, you know what, let's cast really weird voice actors. So she has got a uh, flying uh, pegasus with rainbow hair. Uh the flying pegasus with rainbow hair sounds like a guy in a 1950s dive uh, comedy bar. Uh, and so, you know, he's kind of like, he's always talking like that. And I'm like, okay, why did they make that choice? Who cares? It's amazing. So between She-Ra and, of course, Dragon Prince, which uh, is an amazing new show on Netflix, where one of the main characters is this kick-ass warrior woman who is also deaf. And everything she says is signed, and she's got a guy who interprets for her. That's amazing. You've got, of course, Steven Universe, which had recently the first gay wedding in any animated children's show of all time. Well done there. Uh, We're in a golden age of children's television shows. Okay. And I'm loving it. And, of course, Hilda. Can't can't help but shout out Hilda. Yeah, Hilda. Cool. Cool. All right. All right. Let's go watch some kids' TV. Uh, Yay! <laughs> I was just trying to remember the the last words to 
uh, that sister's song again. I was like, I don't want to screw it up again. I was like, Lord help the mister that comes between me and my sister. And Lord help the sister who comes between me and my man. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at FuseKate. That's Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our Christmas hooligan is Drew Etienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of school, library journal. <laughs>